Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Happy belated birthday to Terry Tobin. 
two-time guest on the Neo Soul Show. Oh, and you know what? Happy birthday to my brother, who turned 34 on the 17th. I feel, even though it's an underachiever, managed to have the same... Managed to have the same birthday as Michael Jordan and Jim Brown. Like, how how does that happen? It's it's proof that God is not without a sense of humor. (laughs) I I was telling somebody today, I think that um, life is God's reality show. And every so often we do things, we do crazy things, and like he tapped Jesus and just be like, "Ooh, ooh, look, look at that one in Texas." <laughs> and they just they they laugh at us, so that's what that is, you know. And you know, yeah, another one, a uh, big shout out to Michael Jeffrey Jordan, turning fifty. Yes, he did. I like what ESPN did. They did a lot of um nice things with the interviews and you know chronicling his career I still think he pushed off on Byron Russell, Brian Russell but <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered bruh <laughs> <laughs> you know it may have changed the course of history Russell, did, but it, Russell used to be him well they were gonna say, but since you've been watching all that stuff I'll ask you the quick question Jordan LeBron one on one who wins Jordan um, Kobe one on one who wins I think LeBron gets up early because Jordan kind of, I don't want to say takes him for granted, but he kind of, you know, he goes into it as cocky as he always does. LeBron probably gets up 3 nothing, 4 nothing, and he never scores another point. <laughs> I, think, I think Mike just annihilates Kobe because he needs him to understand that even though you have five rings, you are still not a tenth of the player that I was at my prime. Wow. We completely disagree. It's <laughs> because you're a Kobe fan, man. Kobe that, is not Kobe is no Michael Jordan. He's not, but he is an offensive wizard, and I think Jordan would have a lot of trouble stopping him. He's only, no, because, because Kobe, Michael Jordan's DNA is all over Kobe Bryant's game. So... He, he, he try to fade away on Jordan. He's gonna stuff the shot back in his face. He's gonna try to back Jordan down, and, and you know Jordan is gonna push him like that old time he saw always do the youngster. Just stop this. Well, I tell you what, when I get to heaven, this is one of the first things I expect to see on my television. <laughs> that would be an interesting thing. Yeah, it would. So we had a real good show. Lined up tonight. You ready? Of And I ask you if you're ready because one, we're debuting something. You know, I get excited every time we debut something on the Neil Soul Show, but I, I know that I'm expecting excitement from you because a part of what we're debuting, especially tonight, is a favorite of yours. This is true. So I remember. Oof, long, long time ago, maybe more than six months ago, we had the Chancellor of Soul, Mike Boone, on the Neo Soul Show. We were blessed to have him on with us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked to him about soul music, classic soul music, Neo Soul music. You know, he explained to us what what he does, how he got the, how he was dubbed the name, the Chancellor of Soul, and, you know, he tells us 
you know, he, he would chronicle the the journey of, of artists and, and bands from, you know, the early 40s, 50s, and into the 60s. And you and Mike got into a, a very good conversation, and um, you mentioned that Tammy Terrell was one of your favorite artists. Yes, she is. And you said... We would love to have you back on, Mike, just so I can pick your brain about some soul artists. Mm-hmm. Little did we know that all this time later, that small seed that the Q... See, ladies and gentlemen, that's what Q-Man does. He plants these small seeds. <laughs> Everyone else around him waters them, and then he baths in the fruits of their labor. Correct. I have a large seed seed planter, but I do plant very small. So so that seed that was planted a long time ago tonight is, is growing and we are calling this the Wednesday Rewind. So every third Wednesday of the month, we are going to be blessed by the presence of the Chancellor of Soul, Mr. Mike Boone, and we are going to spotlight a classic soul artist and and Mike thought that tonight, and I, I'm pro- he, I don't even know if he remembered that she was your favorite artist, but tonight we are spotlighting Tammy Terrell. That's what I'm talking about. One of the greatest. So again, I ask you, are you excited? Extremely excited, because if Tammy was here today, you wouldn't be talking about Beyonce. Okay, we wouldn't be talking about Beyonce. Who else would we? No. Will we, we, we at least be talking about Alicia? No. Wow. Not her either. Well, you know I'm not an Alicia Keys fan anyway. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna keep it real because, unfortunately, um, and normally I do know these these artists and people that y'all talk about. I'm, a, I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little raw. I'm a little fresh. I'm a little young. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Tammy Terrell, I know that Tammy and and Marvin did a very very classic song. That's about all I know. I'm not going to um, sit here in front like I know a whole lot of songs that she's done. T-Mitch. Not at all. T-Mitch. She yeah. did. They did. And you you do know that they're the two that sang "You're All I Need." Yes, that's the song that I was talking about. And ain't no mountain high enough. Did not know that. The greatest love. I could go on and on. And they're they're probably the greatest duo of all time. But, you know, this is just my opinion. So I don't want to get all, you know, I get very hyped up when I start talking about Sammy Terrell. And Sammy and Marvin. So I'm just. Well, like I said, very young. So I know tonight will be a night where. You know, Mike Bone will definitely be educating myself. I see the Mighty Ox in the chat room. He'll be learning a little bit. Shout out to Sister Sweet in the chat room. Shout out to everybody that's listening and everybody that's in the chat room because at some point during tonight's show, we are giving away a $25 iTunes gift card. And hopefully, you know, you, you go get some music that touches your soul with this Wait. gift card. You didn't tell me we were giving something away. Well, I, I, I found out recently myself because you know I was just focused on, you know, you know, making sure that that Mike was on and that we had all the music. 
that we needed to have. And let me tell you, we got a lot of music that we can play tonight. And I was getting all of that together and, and Twitter and making sure I was following, was listening, and and I, I happened to catch the Facebook post that we were giving you know, the, the gift card away. And, you know, when you get settled and you get in the chat room, you can help figure out how we're going to give that away. But we are giving away a $25 gift card tonight. Uh, and I can't win it, right? And Sister Sweet just said in the chat room, Q-Man, you can't win the gift card. Why does she know me like this? I don't know. But what I know... Can my mom... Your mom could win the gift card. I just don't know how she's going to win the gift card. But I do know we have to figure out how that's going to be won. Because the people in the chat room have a chance to win the gift card. And we may just open the phone lines also for people to call in for a chance to win the gift card. So as soon as that all gets figured out, we'll let you guys know. But we are definitely giving away a $25 gift card tonight. I I think it should be some Tammy Terrell trivia, personally. Mm -hmm. Because mm. it's, it's, it's her night It's about her And we are about to get Educated and blessed On even more information about her So I think that that should be How the people can get the gift card And you know Whether it's somebody that answers in the chat room Hits us on the Twitter Or you know call in You know we have things to give away But you know We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out okay. Okay. So, so, so you, so you good, man? You ready? Anything else you wanna, you wanna get out of the way? You wanna see before we bring on the Chancellor Soul? No, no, I think I'm, think I'm good. I think. You think? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good to go tonight. Well, I do have one thing that I wanna, I wanna make sure that that I mention right now, and then mention again. Later on the show, um, our CEO sent an email that he wanted to make sure that we we mentioned on the show about an upcoming event for XDO. Sure. And um, it's the Neo Soul Brunch Saturdays, powered by XDL.com. It's going to be Saturday, March 30th, 2013, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m at the Bellagio Entertainment Center, which is formerly known as Brooklyn, at 1701 South Lamar in Dallas, Texas. Um, it's $15 in advance for your tickets, $20 at the door, uh, featuring an artist showcase contest, entrepreneurs form, and DJ J Clip in the mix. You know it's a fun event when, when you know it's a fun event when they say in the mix. In the mix. To purchase tickets, uh, go to the website neosoulbrunchsaturday.eventbrite.com. And bright is spelled B R I T E. Or you can contact our CEO, Ray Ferretto, at 972 800 6857. That is a brave man right there. Yes, it is. So that's what I'll probably I'm most likely gonna give the information again later in the show. But right now, I think right now is as good a time as any to begin our Wednesday rewind with uh, our chat about the great Tammy Terrell. Yeah. So let's uh let's bring Mike Bowen on the line. I do believe. 
This is Mike Right here Mike, we got you on the line? I'm right here The Dazzler How are you? Gentlemen, how are you? Have, What's going how you on, doing? Man? Everything is great Everything is great How about you guys? Oh, Everything is good Everything is good and it's definitely good having you back now. And we've been trying, we've been looking for a reason and trying to really figure out how we were going to work this out for months now. Wow. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to be back on. I enjoyed the last time. Yeah, man. And and we get to talk about somebody that's extremely close to my heart. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Tammy is definitely the lady, you know. That's uh, definitely Motown's lady there, you know. Um, she was one of a kind. There's no question about it, you know. And uh, definitely an inspiration to, as the artist that you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, you know, Beyonce and Alicia Keys and different ones. Mm-hmm. Um, Tammy is definitely, you know, uh, a total inspiration. And I'm glad we're, you know, we're tripping to her tonight. Since she has a birthday, actually, in the next few weeks. Yes, she does. Now, I know you were listening. We talked about these other women and Sandy was around. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You mean the ones you just mentioned a few minutes ago? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I felt. I I told him she she just had had everything. Looks, voice, talent. Oh, yeah. Yes. Everything head to toe. Tammy had it. There's no question about it. Talent, uh, sass, you name it. Tammy had yep. it. She definitely had it. You know, and the presence. Tammy mm-hmm. definitely had a presence. They said when she walked in a room, you know, it would just brighten up. You knew Tammy was there instantly. You know, so you know it was just more than just her talent. She just had a presence. You know, and um, Tammy could have done any, could have done anything basically. Now, I also love the fact that since this is actually just, he's not going to be able to add much to this conversation, and he's no, know it all. Listen, listen, I'm going to do my best <laughs> to be a part of this conversation. We have the internet. We have. Google and all types of things. I will do my best, and you know, I I do feel like, despite my age, I am a connoisseur of music. So when I do, you know, start to hear songs, and, and especially as we get closer to the sixties and the seventies and the Motown sound, I'm pretty sure that I will have something to contribute mm. to tonight's conversation. <laughs> That's right, G. Mitch. Way to stay in the game. Definitely, definitely. Back then was unparalleled, and there were two famous singers that she dated mm-hmm. because they were both allegedly abusive towards her. Mm-hmm. I will not listen to their music to this day. No I guarantee you, T. Mitch, that the Chancellor Soul knows these two singers. Oh, you're asking me? Okay. Yeah. Well, the first one was James Brown, of course. That's the infamous relationship. Yeah. If you're talking about that. Yep. And afterwards, it was you know uh, David Ruffin from the Temptations. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, those those relationships are very infamous. You know, very yes. famous relationships that the world knew. You know, mm-hmm. of and um, yeah, they were very very. Uh, it, it it you know it was uh, 
one of those things that you know that uh, it was it's kind of sad to listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's eerie, you know, to listen to that Tammy would get involved in such relationships with these two gentlemen, you know. Yeah. And uh, but it, it, that was just part of the biz. She was in show business, and you know, she was just trying to make her mark, you know. Right. So yeah, they yeah those 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 relationships are well the first one with James Brown it was very very um, violent you know James Brown is I just want to get one thing straight James Brown was my first hero period musically speaking mm-hmm. and uh, got a chance to see him in his prime at the Apollo when I was a kid you know and um, saw the lines around the corner all through Seventh Eighth Avenue. Mm-hmm. And um, wonderful entertainer, one of the greatest of the 20th century, you know, into the 21st century. Mm-hmm. And very, you know, phenomenal and another guy that had presence, you know, no question about it. And he was very influential. But he was a tyrant at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, James Brown was a tyrant and he wanted things done his way. That's it. And there was an infamous... Um, show they did at the Apollo with Gene Chandler mm-hmm. uh, the Duke of Earl Gene Chandler um, they did together and um, Tammy was supposed to come out on the stage be in the wings when James came off now this mm-hmm. was his direct directional you followed as followed <laughs> okay mm-hmm. and um, unfortunately Tammy was not in the wings mm-hmm. James was furious and unfortunately James you know beat her you know, and beat her so bad into the dressing room. And so Jean Chandler, who she was, you know, friends with, she had asked Jean to call her parents, you know, and put her on the bus, call the parents and tell the parents to meet her. So um, it was pretty bad. It was really, really bad. And she stayed with the review. She got with the review in 1961. No, 1962, because she was, she was discovered at a club. She, James Brown saw her at a club. And um, she had just recorded her first recording, If You See Bill. It, you know, that was her recording on Juan Records. And uh, it was a guy named Luther Dixon, a very famous um, producer, songwriter. Uh, wrote for Shirelles and Chuck Jackson and um, a lot of famous tunes, The Platters, everybody. And he was a prominent producer. So he discovered her and brought her to Juan Scepter Records. This is Florence uh, Greenberg's label here in New York. And uh, she recorded her first recording. If you see, if you see Bill, that was her first solo. Yep. And uh, she started doing a lot of demos for the Shirelles and Chuck Jackson, the different ones, you know. So they decided to record her solo, and that was mm-hmm. her first one. Yeah. And this was also during the time when she was promoting that, you know. Um, she was dating Chuck. She was dating another gentleman, a uh, debonair gentleman named Tommy Hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made a song called Human And he was with the legendary Flamingos And he was also He's also a friend of mine too uh, A Rock and Roll Hall of Famer mm-hmm. uh, Also So um, And um, So this was around that time Tammy was trying to enhance her career So That's where those You know Stories come from Hey Mitch Are you surprised that um, yeah, yes and no, you know, because, um, you know, growing up, that was never the perception of James Brown that, that, that we were shown. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm not 
I am surprised by that, but at the same time, you know, I, I can yeah, any anybody at that height in, in in a career or in some type of social status, there has to be some type of, uh, for lack of a better word, I guess, madness that mm. comes with, you know, that craft and that attention, and, and when you when you strive to, to perfection at, at your craft. So I guess in that sense, I'm not I'm not really surprised, but. That's interesting. Definitely interesting. I, I, I knew about the David Ruffin thing. I mm. knew that. Definitely didn't know the James. Definitely. <laughs> mm. Now, what you... An interesting fact. Type friendship that her and Mark gave and the impact of her death on Mark gave. But I'm, I'm going to let I'm gonna let Mike talk about that. I get a little excited when we talk about Tammy Terrell. Clearly. <laughs> Uh, I get a little excited, but I'm good. Okay, back on you, brother Chancellor. Uh, what was the question? Because you kind of broke up there, your voice. We were, we were. T- I was bringing up the effect that she had on Marvin Gaye and mm-hmm. the friendship they shared, and how it affected him after her past. Oh wow, they were like brother and sister. You know, mm-hmm. they, for years I've heard we've heard rumors about them being romantically linked, but. Um, you know, it just really was a brother and sister relationship, you know. And um uh, they were very playful with each other in the studio. They were very uh attentive to their work. Um it was just like magic with the two of them because Barry Gordy was um the one that really brought them together, you know. Um matter of fact he's the one that named her last name Terrell. Um Tammy came from a movie, um that uh, Debbie Reynolds was in in 1959 called Tammy and the Bachelor. Mm-hmm. And um, Tammy, that was her favorite movie. So she just took the name Tammy. That's why I just want to break that down, too. And also, a little tidbit, too, Barry Gordy, that was his favorite movie also. So he named his first label Tammy, but couldn't get the secure the rights. Mm-hmm. So he could name it Tamala. And that's how Tamala Records came. Mm-hmm. Right, from that movie. But um, yeah, getting back to them in the studio, yeah, they they were very they were it was a brother and sister relationship, you know they were very close and you know through the years Marvin basically was like kind of her protector because he he knew what they was going what, what she was going through you know Tammy was you know they said she was a fun spirit loving person um, you know that just basically got in the wrong relationships with right. men you know and. Um, Unfortunately, you know, it goes back to a childhood, really, because Tammy was at a neighborhood party at 12, and she was raped by three boys. And um, that had a a profound effect on her, you know, emotionally. And it carried out throughout the years, you know, because it's a psychological process, too, that, you know, some people, when you like that, I guess it just... I don't know, promiscuous comes in or whatever with some people. I don't want to, I'm not a psychologist. I don't want anybody sitting up here, you know, thinking I'm I'm analyzing this and, you know, and and, uh, dissecting this. But, you know, this is what was, you know, thought of that Tammy had dated, you know, so many men, you know. And, um, but they were abusive men. And unfortunately, that's what kind of relationships that she really had, you know, until the end. But I guess we'll get to that later. You know. Right. But towards the end, Marvin was devastated, of course, 
uh, like I said, he was a protector, and he basically wanted to kind of guide her, but Tammy was Tammy. Mm-hmm. She was a grown woman, and, you know, and that was that. And uh, he saw the relationship between her and David. But everything was cut hush-hush because, you know, Motown's uh, PR, they want to keep it clean cut. So you just don't go around saying, well, okay, Tammy's got into a fight with David. She got hit upside the head with a helmet by David, you know, mm-hmm. and such and such, you know. So it was cut down the rest, but for years, rumors have been circling, you know, that they had a very violent relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, Marvin was devastated. Marvin, towards the end, Marvin, was, he didn't perform for like two years, two, three years. Right. You know, he was extremely devastated. And then he was going through the personal problems himself with his family, with his father and stuff. So, you know, it was a lot of things sandwiched between his emotions that he um, had to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I guess that all came out, you know, to him turning into a a very serious artist. Not to say he wasn't serious, but when what's going on came out, this was another direction Marvin wanted to take. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, Tammy had a big effect on his direction, musically and emotionally. Right. Now, initially, he said he was never going to sing with anyone else again, if I remember correctly. Yes, yes. Well, he did. Actually, he did. Mm -hmm. Because in 1977, Marvin Gaye had an album called Marvin Marvin Live. And he had a number one song, I Got to Give It Up. And on that album, he had a lady that he traveled with called Florence Lyles. Mm -hmm. And she did the duets um, with him on stage. But he didn't record with her, but he just, you know, she toured with him to, you know, in tribute to Tammy. And um, and I think he did a few Mary Wells. He also um, duet with Mary Wells. That was his first duet. Um, and uh, Kim Weston was another one. And then Tammy Terrell. So this lady, Florence Lyles, toured mm-hmm. with him and did, you know, duets with him. Oh, let's tell T. Mitch about the um the you're all I need Gladys Knight conspiracy theory. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> the Gladys Knight conspiracy? Right. Where um remember once Tammy Terrell was sick mm-hmm. and it was rumored that she wasn't the person singing the You're All I Need song? Not true. That's her. That's I knew that. Tammy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> but it was a conspiracy that it was Gladys Knight. No. No, it was Valerie Simpson from Ashley mm-hmm. Simpson. Yeah, Valerie oh. Valerie Simpson was the one. Now, there's been cause, because Valerie admitted it and then she, you know, she she didn't she didn't admit it that mm-hmm. she did the duets with Marvin. Um when Tammy got sick, see when Tammy did the song You All I Need, she was in a wheelchair. Right. Because she just got out of an operation. Mm-hmm. And um, she was weak. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to it, you know, it's just something about performance that, you know, it's something within their spirit that when they have a job to do, they, it's going to come out of them. Mm-hmm. So Tammy loved to sing, loved to sing, loved performing, loved to sing. That was that was God's gift to her. And so they wheeled her in the studio and as I understand, they did separate tracks. Marvin did his voice vocals, and then Tammy came in and you know did hers off, off you know afterwards. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, Valerie Simpson, when she got sick, when she was too sick to return to the studio, Valerie Simpson was called in because her voice is kind of like, sort of like a clone to Tammy's, but lighter. Mm-hmm. If you listen right. to the later recordings, it's much lighter. Right. And Tammy's voice is a little uh, more heavier, basically. But, I mean, it does. they do sound similar. They do. And it was a they terrible do. promotion book, and Marvin hated it. He hated it. Mm-hmm. He really hated it. He, you know, but the Marvin and Tammy duo was so successful, they Motown wanted to keep it up. So mm-hmm. to keep, you know, to keep that trend going, they put Valerie Simpson. So it wasn't Gladys Knight. It was Valerie Simpson. Mike, you really know your stuff. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you really do. <laughs> Why are you laughing, T-Bitch? I'm laughing because he got the name that he got, and you feel you know your stuff. Chancellor he really Cole. does. He really does. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Definitely. Well, how about right now? What are you learning here? I'm, I'm learning a lot, um, especially musically. Um, cause, you know, because of my age, I didn't know anything about the early, um, recordings and the early, um, singles. I just, you know, like I, like I told Q, you know, before we brought you on, like, I, you're all I need to get by was pretty much all I knew mm-hmm. of, um, mm-hmm. of Sammy So I'm learning a lot. And, and we have so many songs here. Mm-hmm. I just, I just want to know right now, if there's anything you want to start us off with, with Mike to help us, you know, Set the vibe for the listeners. We can continue talking about Tammy. Well, okay, there was uh, okay. Well, we can start it off basically with the uh, Marvin and Tammy duet, since everybody's very familiar with that. And uh, we start off with "Ain't No Mountain High," their first duet together in the spring of 1967, actually released in May 1967, and became the hit of the summer of '67, the hot summer of 1967, as I may say. Now, I will have to mute you guys because there's no way I can listen to that and not sing it. <laughs> I'm telling the truth, man. I cannot listen to that without singing it, and I'm into it when I sing it. So, I don't blame you because uh, I feel the same way. <laughs> okay, so with, with with the Q man muted, this is ain't no mountain high enough. Marvin Gaye and Sammy Terrell on the Neil Soul Show. Don't 
Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. 1967. Ain't no mouth to mm. In the summer of 1967, that was Tammy and Marvin's first duet release on Tamala. I was negative six. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Negative six. See, I, I've heard renditions of that and you know another one that I, I did not know that mm-hmm. that 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 Tammy was a part of. Was that particular song you mean? Ain't no mountain. High? Yeah that yeah that particular song. Did not know that 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 that, that her and Marvin had a version on that song. Mm. Oh yeah. They had the version, bruh. And that the thing about it that what I love is the chimes in the beginning. And that was um Harvey Fuqua. He was um uh with the moon glows. In the 1950s, I was, you know, that he was the founder of the group, the Moonglows, that they that did sincerely, and um, he got with um, Motown. Um, well, actually, Marvin got with Harvey Fuqua. That's how Marvin Gaye was discovered, and he was with the second ver- uh, generation of Moonglows. And um, and then when the Moonglows broke up, they all came to Detroit, and Harvey Fuqua had started a, a, a label called Tri Five. And Marvin was on that label. So him and Gwen Gordy, Barry Gordy's sister, they got married and ran the label. So when the label when the label didn't generate, you know, records, the only hit they really had was the spinners, because the spinners was on there. They had a cut called That's What Girls Are Made For. And um when both it was a Tri Fi and the Harvey label. When both of those labels folded, then they went on the Motown umbrella. And that's how, you know, Marvin was transferred over to, to Motown and Harvey Fuqua, you know. So he's the one that does the background with the chimes and the bells and all of their records. And another thing I got to mention, Johnny Bristol, who did a song in 74 called Hang On In Their Baby, um, was also a writer, you know, with Ashford and Simpson. And, you know, they were that production team with Motown, with Marvin and Tammy. Okay. Wow. So um, I have so many questions. I'm just like <laughs> trying to cipher through them because um, you know, I, I could I could go on and on about mm-hmm. Tammy, mm-hmm. but um, let's move back towards the end. Okay. And um, I know that <clears throat> that they tried. Several times. She had several operations near the end of her life. Yes. And from what I can recall, at, it got to a point where the doctors pretty much knew that they weren't going to be able to stop whatever the issue was, but they continued. I think someone, one of her people, insisted that they continue to try and operate on her over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that true? Yeah. Well, you know, they didn't well they didn't want to give up on Tammy. They you know, Tammy was a fighter. And, mm-hmm. you know, she just you know, and but she got tired of the operations. You can get so tired and so right. worn out, you know. <clears throat> but um she um yeah, it was it was a few attempts they wanted to do, but it was really nothing you could really do because basically it was near towards the end. It was it was it was basically too late right. on her part because the brain tumor had grown so much Mm-hmm. Where she was having so many headaches, mm-hmm. and um, 
you know, operations, and it just it just made her sicker and sicker, basically. So yeah, they they, they it was an attempt to do that, but you know, it it was so much that you can do, you know, sadly, you know, with her condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. See, Mitch, have you seen Tammy Terrell yet? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Um, part of the silence that you hear in the background is because I pulled up <laughs> images. Does she remind you of Beyonce a little bit? Um, I would say that Beyonce reminds me of her now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's funny you brought that up. Her. I didn't mean to interrupt, but there's an actress out there that if they ever do a Tammy Terrell story, mm-hmm. um, I you know I always get her first name wrong. So you guys might help me with this. Taharaja P Henderson. Oh, oh Taraji. Taraji. Mm-hmm. She is a Tammy Terrell, I mean, clone. Because I've seen her act, her attitude. She's pretty. <clears throat> like, and she reminds me so much of Tammy. And then I've got a lot of people saying the same thing. You know, they say, yeah, man, she reminds me of Tammy Terrell. I said, I said the same thing. Mm-hmm. So if they ever do a story, she would be perfect. Because from head to toe, she she reminds me of Tammy. You know? Mm-hmm. But I agree with you on the, on the Beyonce one, you know. Yeah, I do have a, a, a question. Well, it's not really a question now. Um, I would I would like to know, Mike. Um, do you, you remember the first time you met Tammy? First time I heard Tammy? Yeah, heard met first time you 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 came in contact with Mr. Rowe. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the first time I came in contact with Tammy, actually. I saw Tammy solo at the Apollo. I was little though, um, at a show. She was by herself. She didn't get with Marvin yet, and um, she had a cutout. She had two Motown records. Uh, one in '65 called "I Can't Be- I Can't Believe That You Love Me," uh-huh. and the second one "Come On and See Me." So she had those two records out at that time. Yeah, and um, that was the first time I heard about Tammy Terrell. But it really didn't, you know. It, it came about more when she did a duet with Marvin, basically. But um, that's when she really, you know, her fame skyrocketed. But, uh, yeah, those two records I remember hearing. And the name Tammy Terrell, you know, for me hearing Tammy Terrell for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, like I said, you know, she was in magazines. She was in Soul Magazine. She was in Ebony. She was in... Uh, uh, Oh man, Sepia was another um, sort of like um, pe- um, Sepia was like a magazine um, that Ebony and Jet had put out, you know, um, like a clone to both of those magazines. So she appeared in there, and and uh, there was another, like I said, Soul Magazine was another one. It was like a uh, sort of like a chronicle of what was going on with the uh, celebrities back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, she was in dozens of magazines. You know, Tammy. You know, she was everywhere at that time, especially when she got with Marvin, and her fame began to grow. You know, more and more. So, yeah, that's my encounter with Tammy. That's the first time I heard about her. Q, if you don't mind, is it all right if I play? I can't believe you love me. We can <laughs> we can do that for Mike. Go right yeah. ahead. All right, this is I can't believe you love me. Let's have me throw
Invited to go to the Motown Review in '66, and um, it's interesting enough, um, she recorded two uh, classics. I don't know if you guys remember uh, this song by Stevie Wonder, "All I Do." Yes, I mm-hmm. do. And it was Tammy was the first to record that song. I knew that. I, did I knew not. you. Knew I am. <laughs> oh my God, that is one of my favorite, if not my top favorite, Stevie Wonder song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a beautiful. Oh song. wow! Yeah, Tammy was the first to do that. Stevie wrote that for Tammy mm-hmm. back in '65, '66, and she recorded it. And um, and then years later, Stevie, you know, and it's the same. It's funny with Stevie because he recorded "Until You Come Back to Me" in '67, and then you know, like by eight years later, Rita Franklin made a number one hit out of it. You know, where Stevie's version just kind of lagged in the in the forty top forty. Mm-hmm. They took it to number one and, you know, was nominated a Grammy for. So, um, you know, it's, it's amazing how the legacy of these songs can, you know, be, you know, reinvented again by other artists, you know. But I just thought I'd throw that out there. You know, that all I do is think of you is that Tammy recorded that first. I'm glad mm-hmm. you did. I'm glad you did. I mean, that, is, that song comes on and I get like Q does when Ain't No Mountain High Enough was on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that song signifies the end of the night at the club. You know, that's always one of the last songs they play. 
Usually. I don't know what club you got. <laughs> but that was a classic album, too, that Hotter in July, too, as a, you know, as a masterpiece, also. What else you got, Q? Come on, for this to be your favorite artist, I know you got some more. You got some more questions you want to ask. Well, you know, other than the ones that I've asked, I think I know the rest. But I know I'm, I'm very much interested in in her time at Motown because that's that's around a little more of what I am familiar with, and you know, not just the the, the songs of Marvin, but just any anything and everything that was going on. You know, with her while she was, you know, recording in Hitsville. Well, I mean, you know, she, um, well, okay, there was like three, well, two albums that you had is a must in your collection. That's the United album. That's the first album they did. It came out in 67. Um, that yielded four top ten hits. Uh, first Ain't No Mountain High. And uh, we got to mention the B-sides because the B-sides were also played on radio also. And it was very... <laughs> popular at parties. The flip side of Ain't No Mountain High was Give a Little Love. That was popular. Uh, the next release, of course, was the classic Your Precious Love that, you know, when I went to clubs, you know, back in the 80s, and they, it was a club down there called uh, The Red Parrot, and when they slowed things down, they put that Marvin Gaye, uh, Tammy Terrell, Your Precious Love on, everybody in the room screamed. <laughs> so that was like, you know, the quintessential grind song, you know, and uh, so, yeah, that song, that was the second hit, and uh, the, the flip side of that was Hold Me All My Darling, which Tammy did solo first, and then Marvin okay. dubbed his voices in there, and of course, the one that came out uh, the Christmas of 67 was If I Can Build My Whole World Around You, which is one of my favorites, and the flip side, If This World Were Mine. Oh, I was, I was looking at that, I was hoping to hear that. Yeah. And that's the that's the one Marvin Gaye wrote, and that's Tammy's favorite, actually. She quoted that was one of her favorites, and of course you know Luther did it, you know, in the yes. afterwards, you know. But uh, it was Luther's favorite as a teenager because he said he used to flip over that, you know, their version. And um, so yeah, it was for you know it's a classic album, and then of course you know we talked earlier about the "Y'all I Need to Get By" album, mm-hmm. and this is when you know Tammy's illness took place and you know she um a couple of you know a couple of things Mar- she did Marvin had to overdub his voices and they had to do it separately and so forth but it's another classic album you know and it's another one up there um they did um Keep On Loving Me Honey that's another one that's my favorite by them mm-hmm. and that was their last hit and then of course the last album Easy was the one featured Valerie Simpson when she put her vocals Going in with Tammy was too sick to come to the studio, you know. Yes. All right. And of course, um, the last time that she sang publicly, I think, was 1969, if I remember. Uh, what she did was she, um, yes and no. Um, she came, well, there was one time Marvin appeared at the Apollo, and uh, she was in the audience. And Marvin didn't know she was in the audience until he was in. I forgot the middle. Of, I, I forgot the song he was in the middle of. But he was singing. It might have been too busy thinking about my baby. Mm-hmm. And he looked over in the audience. He saw Tammy in there, and he he was just flabbergasted. So he came off the stage and came toward her, and they did a little, 
you know, song together for the last time, and that was Tammy's last, you know, uh, if you want to say performance, mm-hmm. you know, and then that's when the illness took place. And, uh, it was just so tragic, you know, yeah. it was really tragic. And I remember hearing her passing too, you know, it was very sad, very sad. So yeah, it was extremely sad, you know. Yeah. And in the wow. end of her life, she found a new love, you know. Mm-hmm. She found a new love in the end of her life, you know, and um, you know, um, finally it was a doctor, this guy named Ernest Garrett, and uh, he was with her through thick and thin, mm-hmm. you know. He he was the one that you know, and he had kids, and the stepkids loved Tammy, loved mm-hmm. Tammy, and but you know it was just that um, you know the illness got worse and worse. Right. So at least at the end, she found some happiness with. You know, a gentleman that really, really loved her, and she really loved him. You know, and also there's a book out on Tammy, also by her sister. Yes, Luddy, uh-huh. and um, it's a good book. Mm-hmm. Very interesting book because she wrote the book basically because there was too many rumors on Tammy that was untrue. You know, false rumors. So she wanted to set the record straight. You know about her sister Tommy. And uh, that's her original name. Her original name was um, Thomasina Montgomery. That's her real name. And her nickname, they nicknamed her Tommy. Because they thought Tammy was going to be a boy when she was born. Mm -hmm. Her parents, you know. But she was a girl, so they named her Thomasina. But they called her Tommy. You know. And her father, of course, was a preacher. You know, and so forth. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, before we before we start to wrap things up, I wanted to get into a couple more songs. Sure. I definitely want to hear if this world will mind, and then yeah, yeah, we talk a little bit more before we end with the obvious song. Sure. So this is if this world will mind by Tammy Terrell, Neil Soul Show.
long as you're loving me.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.